Someone's cursing, my lord. Late night lunch. Someone's puffling, my lord. Late night lunch. Someone's growing, my lord. Late night lunch. Oh lord, late night lunch. This is a post-watershed production. <laughs> Good evening, you green-fingered grotbags. Welcome to Late Night Large on your lawn. Tonight's theme is gardening, so if you don't know your roads from your rhododendrons and your haws from your horticulture, plant yourselves for the next hour and listen on. That was, um... That was very good. Well done. Uh, so, Mike, how does, yeah. your, how does your garden grow? Oh, it grows, it grows. <laughs> Anything in particular growing in your garden right now? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I wouldn't have asked if I didn't want to know. Why don't you uh, have a look yourself? <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've got no... Um, no, it doesn't really hold much appeal going into your tangled undergrowth, really. Just a lot of um, horrible scrubland and <laughs> weeds, that kind of thing. Weeds? Yeah, yeah, weeds. sorry, Matty Gibbs. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, has, has Matty been, been around you recently? Maybe that's where I'm getting the weed from. Well, he's always in my dreams, and I'd like to think that he uh, <laughs> would like to be in my pants. <laughs> in fact, I know he would. So I've heard. I've heard when you're dreaming of Matty, you uh, you roll him back and forth, and then you wake up screaming, "Oh, not not quite enough." Yeah, I mean, I just I just wish that you know he'd find his feet and uh, he'd give us enough. But of course, that can't happen anymore. <laughs> you've, you've heard, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Of He's defected. He's defective. He's defective. Yeah, defected. Yeah, Matty, I'm, we, we, I can't, I can't hammer home enough because we've said it in previous shows. Because I did mention this before, I can't hammer home enough how disappointed I am, Matty. After all we've given to you, well, for one thing, Matty, I'm sure you'll know. I'm sure maybe if we invited you on the show, you'd be the first to say that gardening is the practice of growing and cultivating plants. Of course, you would, as part of horticulture. So, what kind of things might we expect to see in a garden? When you think of a garden, Mike, is there is there a standard that you're thinking of, or do you think, oh man, you can have anything in there? Oh, what you fucking like in your garden, there? Right, like personally, for me, it's all about uh, water features and <laughs> uh, yeah, water sports, the smell of freshly mown grass. Okay, and then, uh, yeah. A couple of dead hookers <laughs> buried underneath Always the uh, the tree at the, in the, the back of the corner. It's good for fertilisation, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, so That's also why I just defecate all over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've had some neighbours complaining about that, but what can you do? Well, you know, when he you, grows, he grows. Well, you mean... He grows. <laughs> when he's got to go. Oh. When he goes, he grows. And when he grows, he goes. That's <laughs> <laughs> very good. Well, you know, you really need to lay off the, uh, the pooping in the yard, Mike, because... If there's too much more investigation, they will start digging it up, and then obviously they'll discover your your crime. So maybe you need to lay off the shitting on the lawn for a little while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's difficult anyway because of course my milkshake brings <laughs> all the boys to the yard, and 
and yeah. they help you and they uh, defecate there as well. So yeah, well, yeah, and maybe they trim your edges. I don't know. Well, you know, only on a Wednesday. <laughs> yes. So when we think of gardens, I, I'd imagine the the major two. If you we could split them probably into two major factions, you're thinking of a garden as a decorative garden with some kind of you know foliage and decorative plants, flowers, what have you. You know the kind you might enter in a very prissy middle class tournament for. Oh, which garden um, shows Middle England in the best light? Yeah, yeah, I know the ones. Yeah. Or, of course, the practical garden, uh, using the land to give you food and such, growing vegetables and herbs, maybe herbs. Well, of course, there's the other type of garden, isn't there? Oh, third type. Okay, what's the other type? Well, you got your garden. You, you know, you got your your little miniature football post up for your kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. This. Oh, yeah. you're the kiddies' adventure playground kind of guy. Yeah, the treehouse uh, falling down. Yeah, yeah, you rusty know. nails everywhere. He grows, he grows. Yeah. Yeah. The Simpsons garden. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> the, the dog house where the dog's just dead inside because there's no way to get out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I can get that. And yeah, no, there's an argument, like you say. Um, is it stages in life? I guess stages in life and status in life determine what kind of garden you might have. For instance. If you're uh, a young couple who's kind of in touch with the the earth, maybe they're they're not planning to have kids. You might expect them to be growing vegetables, maybe vegetable garden and such for growing food, or herbs, or herbs <clears throat> of some kind. Uh, if you're a young family with uh, with some youngsters and or obsessed with animals, you might expect the garden to be taken up by, like you say, animal crap, or. Uh, like you say, you got the um, the kids, the adventure it's playground, the swings, swings the yeah, the treehouse, miniature posts. football goals. Well, you grows, he grows. Yeah, yeah. Your your mum yeah. used to have to regularly call out um, recovery truck to pull the wreckage off the trees uh, when you'd run the cars off the road, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what happened. Yeah, uh, you buckle metal all over your garden. Yeah, as testament to your wayward shooting. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no. Never been Speaking of wayward shooting, uh, I know we kind of playfully mocked uh, the Matty earlier, and I'd like to big up the Matty. Remember when we used to uh, play football in, in Matty, Matty Gibbs' old garden? Oh, Matty was something else. Really. Yeah, good Class time. above, wasn't he? Yeah, it's a shame when you think, Matty, you, you could have you risen all the way to at least Conference North or something. You were a great little player, Matty, and still are. Uh, but it was good fun. Remember um, little Spludge running around? Oh, bless him. Yeah, bless him. Getting bullied by Matty and then <laughs> Dave would in, in, in turn to stick up for, for little Spludge. For spludge and, then, and then there'd be Matt. like a, yeah, <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be a three three round pile on and yeah. me and you would sort of. Be standing in the corner drift touching off. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> no! Is that just me? Sorry. Yeah, sorry, especially because you're a little kid back then. Sorry. You yeah. didn't even know how your <laughs> willy worked. Oh, I was born with that knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mike Large, yeah? Uh-oh. Born with that knowledge. Do you realise how sick that sounds? Anyway. I can fuck, to be honest. Um, shut up. Uh, Gardening. Garden- sorry, yeah, we got off Oh, oh sorry, there, yeah, we? sorry. From Young Family, I also... The, the, other, the other example. Hang on. Go on. That's one that's a little mention to the... Yeah. Do uh, you know the, the, the air floater balls? Oh, how could I... Yeah. The, you could make some... You could have some balls. shots with those that just 
because they have so much swerve and they go yeah. one direction like you just end up pinging one and it just goes you to the top corner and it swerved into that engine. yeah you, you felt like fucking Ryan Giggs you know what I mean but sometimes you could um, they were funny things you used to punt them a hundred mile an hour and um, they go flying towards like the goalkeeper's face and the, and the goalkeeper would like throw their hands over their face to protect themselves only to find the ball drifted down towards their feet yeah, at the last good. minute because that's how airflow balls worked yeah, yeah. Uh, so the other of course I was going to say the other when you do get to the stage of uh, award winning gardens or you know tended gardens with like mine with uh, parallel lines of all kinds of uh, shrubs Brazilian yep <laughs> I'm going to choose to ignore that we're talking about p- probably retired people people who have a lot of time in their hands their kids have flown a nest and they uh, got kids of their own. They really appreciate the um, how how a good-looking garden makes them feel, and and the pride they have in their property, that kind of thing. So gardening ranges in scale from fruit orchards to long boulevard plantings with one or more different types of shrubs, trees, and herbaceous plants. Herbs. To residential yards, including lawns and foundation plantings, to plants in large or small containers grown inside or outside. Gardening could be very specialised, with only one type of plant grown, or involve a large number of different plants in mixed plantings. Of course, you could have the professional gardener, the one who obsessively reads, say, gardening magazines, uh, knows exactly what they're doing, you know, um, buy, uh, goes to garden centres, spends their weekend at garden centres, buying specific types of soil or mulch, etc., etc., to the people who don't have a clue what they're doing, they just kind of trim it now and again. And somebody says, oh, those plants look really nice. And you go, thanks. No idea what they are. Uh, Involves an active participation, in some sense, in the growing of plants. And could be labour-intensive, which differentiates it from farming or forestry. I'm not really sure why they needed to put that uh, addendum. But Mm. (coughs) what's your garden like, Mike? Yeah, not not your particular garden, sorry. Your family garden, your your mum's plot. Right. How does she deal with that? Uh, does she grow any? Is, is there any? Are there any specific plants, flowers, uh, vegetables, anything growing, or is it just sort yeah. of trees and lawn? She planted some stuff with my niece and my nephew. Oh, is that cute? Yeah, I can't remember what they planted now. Yeah, nothing illicit. Unfortunately, not. No. Oh well. Um, You'll have to take them under your wing, obviously. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll show them the the way. <laughs> Me and Matty Gibb. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, she plants stuff out the, the front garden and back garden. Yeah. is just pretty much, yeah. Okay. Trampoline for the kids. Oh, yeah. Kitty wings. Question. Yeah. Quid pro quo. Yes. What's the world's, uh, the world's oldest form of gardening? Do you know? Uh, what, the old... Uh, oh, uh, oldest form of gardening... I don't fucking know. According to Wikipedia, forest, oh, yeah. forest gardening is the world's o- oldest form. It's fucking hell is that then? It's a forest-based food production system. Forest gardens originated in prehistoric times. You can't get much more rustic and vintage than that, really. Along jungle-clad riverbanks and in the wet foothills of monsoon regions... It's obviously it's uh, it's pretty practical. The the, the people they realise that 
food grows in certain areas they see areas that have like good water source they think we'll plant these things and then uh, you know next season we might be able to come back and there'll be some food growing for us pretty uh, pretty practical he grows he grows then and in the gradual process of families improving their immediate environment useful tree and vine species were identified protected and improved while undesirable species were eliminated so basically it differentiates it between wild forest stuff that just hasn't been touched where food might be it's specifically engineered really isn't it engineered by man they say oh th- these are a good food source and uh, oh these weeds are nasty and they're toxic so we're going to uproot them and make sure that they don't grow again and we'll just grow more stuff that we like and, and is good for us so that's uh, there we go and uh, after the emergence of the first civilizations uh, wealthy individuals began to create a gardens for aesthetic purposes obviously thinking of like the hanging gardens of Babylon or something yeah. <laughs> you go carry on Mike we all have a bit of bony ham especially around this time of year <laughs> oh you, were you going to make some kind of stupid gag about bony ham <laughs> no, I was standing for I was going to make some sort of uh, yeah, gag yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah Rasputin yeah, uh, Egyptian tomb paintings from around 1500 BC provide some earliest physical evidence of ornamental horticulture and landscape design. Wow! Right oh, from shit. from back 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 in those times. Oh, I, I mentioned the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. There they are mentioned. Uh, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world and a world heritage site. And of course, ancient Rome was the other thing I was thinking of. Had dozens of ornamental gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He grows, he grows. So, grow. Uh, with uh, our crash course in uh, gardening history, we move on to the Middle Ages. Go on. Okay. Well, the Middle Ages, for probably obvious reasons, represented a period of decline for the aesthetic purposes of gardening, in, in what concerns gardening. After the fall of Rome, gardening is do- was done with the uh, purpose of growing medicinal herbs and or decorating church altars uh, I get the yeah, I get the church thing uh, it should make sense uh, Islamic gardens were built after the model of Persian gardens were usually enclosed by walls and divided in four by water courses there you go early water features lovely monasteries oh, nice. it mentions um, you know you, you often think of monasteries where people retreat from the modern world they go to sort of find themselves spiritually and, and cut themselves off from the hurly burly of modern life. What's a good way is, you know, having a tranquil garden to wander around in where you just appreciate the, uh, the calmness of nature. So that makes a lot of sense. Indeed. Oh, this is quite cool. Gardens in the 16th and 17th century were symmetric, uh, proportion and balance with a more classical appearance. Uh, also, sorry, I should say, um, above it also mentions the idea of gardens providing uh, seclusion, which is quite important as well. You know, where you you grow, say, specific lines of trees or whatever to shroud people around you from, from seeing what's going on so you can yeah. maybe frolic and do whatever else you need to do. Oh, he grows, he grows. Bury uh, them hookers, yeah. not. <laughs> Most of the uh, gardens, the symmetric gardens were built around as some kind of central axis and were divided into different paths by hedges. I tend to think of the, um, you know, the opening uh, of Blackadder II? 
you know what I'm thinking of? Where there's the, like the the wandering minstrel playing. Yes. And they're in that garden that's divided specifically by hedges. That's what I kind of tend to think about. Lovely picture. It is, isn't it? So, the uh, commonly they had flower beds laid out in squares and separated by gravel paths. In fact, Mike, you might know of uh, Castle House in this very, this very area. Yeah. Not not more than stones throw away from me. Have you ever seen over into their garden? That's very much in that style. I've been. I'm yeah. not going to try and call bullshit on you, but could you elaborate on that preposterous story? I designed it. Okay, well, I'm glad we could agree that that was just fiction. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So, uh, <laughs> gardens in the Renaissance period yeah, were adorned with uh, sculptures, topiaries, and fountains. In the 17th century, not gardens became popular, uh, along with hedge mazes. Now, that's something I can uh, subscribe to. Yeah. Although we're thinking of The Shining, aren't we? Aren't we? <laughs> A little bit, Probably. perhaps. But, yeah. Uh, by this time, Europeans started planting new flowers, such as tulips, marigolds, and sunflowers. Of course, another thing that happened with the passing of time, obviously, was the trade, trading of ideas and particular plants with other parts of the world. Yeah, gross. Uh, we've got cottage gardens uh, from the Elizabethan times. Uh, first Elizabethan, obviously, we kind of live in Elizabethan times as well, you could argue. Uh, appear to have originated as a local source for herbs and fruits. One theory is that the cottage gardens arose out of the Black Death of uh, the uh, 1340s, when the deaths of I'm so sorry. many labourers made land available for small cottages with personal gardens. Oh, lovely. So something, something fruitful, shall we say, grew out of something horrendous. Grew. <laughs> well, oh, you, you know, you, you're always growing. According to the late 19th century legend of origin, these gardens were originally created by the workers that lived in the cottages of the villages to provide them with food and herbs, with flowers planted among them for just decoration. Farm workers were provided with cottages that had architectural quality set in a small garden, about an acre, so labourers got to live in idyllic little cottages with acre of land around them. We can only dream of that these days. Uh, where these labourers could grow food and keep pigs and chickens. Not a bad little deal, is it? At all. Authentic gardens of the yeoman cottages would have included a beehive and livestock. I mean, obviously we forget these days we have uh, supermarkets and other things, other origins of food sources so obviously th there's a practical thing for that obviously they had to keep them fed but I mean seriously that's that sounds like a dream scenario get beehives and livestock your own personal little farm and frequently a pig and a sty along with a well obviously to draw your water from the peasant cottager of medieval times was more interested in meat than flowers with herbs grown for medicinal use rather than for, for their beauty by Elizabethan times, there was more prosperity generally and thus more room to grow flowers. Even the early cottage garden flowers typically had their practical use. The violets were spread on the floor for their pleasant scent and keeping out vermin. Uh, calendulas and primroses were both attractive and used in cooking. And they've got others such as sweet william and hollyhocks and grown entirely for their visual beauty. Yes. Any comments on the crash course we've had so far, Mike, on the history of gardening? Only that he grows. 
and uh, you will continue to grow. Do you think, do, do, <laughs> we've missed out, really. We lived in the wrong time. We should have been a peasant, peasant uh, labourer back in those days. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I'd have been some sort of fucking yeah Rasputin character, Lord like, of the Realm, sleeping with uh, everyone's wives until you went too far and like slept with establishment wives and then eventually got horrendously assassinated. No, they never caught me. No? No, they never caught me. me. No. Uh, I'd have been like Robin Hood. (laughs) Robin Hood. (laughs) Yeah, I could see myself being that guy. Steal the rich's women. Yeah, and give to me. Yeah, and make them poor. So, (laughs) in the 18th century, gardens were laid out more naturally. Beg for something. Without any walls or divides. This... (laughs) <laughs> now that's taken me back. <laughs> this style of smooth undulating grass, which would run straight to the house, clumps, belts and scatterings of trees and serpentine lakes formed by invisibly damming small rivers, were a new style within the English landscape. A gardenless form of landscape gardening. We forget, of course, that gardens were, uh, were and, and still are to a certain extent, um, dictated by fashions of the time trends of the time much like uh, architecture of buildings yeah yeah and uh, you know you think of uh, there we go we go down uh, in the typical english garden might include a lake lawns set against the groves of trees and often contain shrubberies grottos pavilions bridges and follies such as mock temples i mean if you've ever been to some of the english heritage places especially like stowe gardens mm-hmm. you'll see like a really you know completely over the top version of that is it's a whole city set within itself where you know it's where people just have vast amounts of wealth and could just afford to put random buildings on their massive acres of land and it wasn't just acres of land they had their own lakes you know just absolute uh, everything you know it's where, where where someone has all the money in the world what do they do with it just build random things on their acres of land and uh, to help them enjoy it uh, so we've got the new style uh, designed to recreate an idyllic pastoral landscape. I'm guessing the kind of thing you'd maybe commission a painter to recreate. Yeah. You, you'd like to, you know, basically you're saying, I, I want a painting as my garden. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The English garden presented an idealised view of nature. Uh, there we go. They were often inspired by paintings of landscapes by people like uh, Claude Lorraine and uh, Nicholas... Poussin, is that pronounced? Uh, yeah, 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 we go way back. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And some were influenced yeah, by the classical Chinese gardens of the East. Uh, Chinese, uh, not, uh. Not, not that kind of Chinese, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, <which laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> Would, I didn't know if you would. I mean, so All right, someone right. had to. Yeah, yeah. But what, what we were talking about, getting ideas from other parts of the world, which obviously came with the passing of time, uh, the Chinese influence described by European travellers who'd obviously been to China and seen these things. Uh, the work of, here we go, Capability Brown, Lancelot Capability Brown, one of the uh, most famous designers of gardens and other such things, particularly influential. Also, in uh, 1804, the Horticultural Society was formed, so landscape architecture was big, became very big in that kind of time. Gardens of the 19th century contain plants such as the monkey puzzle tree or the chili pine, 
so again we're taking influences from all around the world to try and create like this ideal version of a garden this is also the, the well, this was also the time when the so-called gardenesque style of gardens evolved these gardens displayed a wide variety of flowers in a rather small space rock gardens or rockeries increased in popularity in the 19th century wunderbar well as you as you might grow Mike I don't I'm not lucky enough to have a garden at this moment in time, although I, uh, my living circumstances will soon change in the next couple of weeks, actually. I will move back to a place with a garden, and I've decided that I took my... Actually, yeah, it's, it's a good point, Mike, because I, I took my garden for granted before. I didn't take it for granted in the sense that I thought, oh, it's a shit garden. I thought it was a great garden. You know, it's it's big... There's there's a lot of things happening, you know. We've got a small orchard, we've got the rockery, um, big lawn, the sheds, the patio. You know, it's it's a it's a nice garden. Now, what I mean by taking it for granted is, like, I never really enjoyed it. Like, I never kind of went outside. I never kind of, I don't know. I never really interacted with it in any way. Now that we're not kids anymore, you kind of don't play football. You almost do lose a bit of. You do lose the, the wonder of nature kind of thing. Perhaps we're just at this, the stage where you do kind of lose. Like when you're a kid, it's outside in the garden playing, and that's can be all you want to do for large periods of time. Yeah. And then you kind of get to a ne- the next stage in your life where actually that's not so important to you anymore, and I think it needs to go full cycle again, you know, when you get yeah. to kind of... I don't know. Perhaps when you're more... Not housebound, but when you are like, I don't, I don't know. know what you're trying it, to it's say. just another stage in your life, isn't it? And I think we're probably at one where it isn't as important to us at the minute. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. Do you think it's not as important to us because we just don't have time for it? <laughs> Most probably, yeah. Because if uh, if we had the time to, I don't want to turn this. I don't want to turn this into a class thing again. Obviously, everything is about it, but like when you're like we are working class guys um, you know you, you're working most of the week but it even you know it not necessarily just working like, like middle classes as well it's only really the very comfortable middle classes that I imagine having the kind of time to just leisurely look at your garden and think oh what, what would I like this to look like maybe even afford to pay someone to look at your garden and go oh this would be really good yeah. you should consider this it's a shame because I you know it makes sense to, for everyone except the people right at the top that we should start cutting down people's average working weeks we've got more than enough people on the planet to mean that especially in this country people could have a four day working week hey other countries in Europe do it uh, we've got the, the worst we yeah in, we, we're worse in, in Europe for that we're uh, we're ridiculous the, the French have like Three months off every now and again. The the French do that. Other countries have like thirty hour working weeks. Um, yeah, I've 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 heard that Northern European countries are experimenting their public sector work with like four days a week. Like other other countries in Europe have this. But the thing is, not only is it good for people's mental health, obviously, because they can relax more. They're not so stressed and on the job all the time. But not only that. It's good economically. People have more time to spend money. You know, you need to economically work it out where people are getting similar pay 
you know, their salary can't be affected that much because then you ruin the economic benefits. But, you know, if you pay them the same, right, it's been proven that productivity shoots up. If, if you give people 90%, I reckon, 90% of the workforce right now, maybe more, if you said to them, you've got a four-day week, but we need you to do as much work as you did in five days in four. If you said to them, we're paying you the same, you get an extra day off, are you telling me that we product- expect the same from you? Yeah, they'd Pro- be able to deliver it. Yeah, productivity would fucking. I'd, say, I'd say this easily in nine. Uh, uh, not all jobs are the same. I uh, trust me, I know. Yeah, but there are probably nine out of ten, like jobs that people, you know, job roles people fill in all sectors. Really, you know, they any you know they could easily do the work they do in five days over four. Yeah, comfortably. Uh, you know, some of them they might yeah. be they might be really pushing themselves to, hard. Yeah, it but doesn't apply to everyone. No, uh, and eventually you just you just get into a new routine, and actually you wouldn't probably be pushing yourself that hard at all. No, you, you push yourself it. hard at first, but then like you say, it's you just, just until you get into a new routine, it's just exactly a case of you know, like you say, increasing your productivity. It's not, but it's been proven. Yeah. You you give people incentives. Uh, it's a, c- a combination, isn't it? You're giving someone a massive incentive, an extra day off for the same pay, uh, but at the same time, you're also helping them get mentally and physically rested as well. Yeah. So they're going to be more physically especially in fit. jobs where it's easier to to measure the amount of work, say that somebody is is doing, and their levels of productivity. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you did it on a trial period. Why not? So for the, for the next month, you'll be working four day weeks. We'll be monitoring the amount of work you produce or do or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, if it stays the same, you'll we're happy to we're, we're, we're happy to we're that. happy to do it for another month. If it stays the same, we'll do it for a third final trial period month. And if yeah, you know, if three months, you know, successively you produce the same volume of work or to the same quality or whatever, depending on what they're doing. Yeah. Then you know we're we'll do that. And, why not? Yeah, it's, it's, it's worth that, it. Is that not Bloody something that, try. at least in some sectors to begin with, is that yeah. not something that could be tried? Right? Well, we're not nearly progressive enough in this country, but I, th- I think it'd be fantastic to try it. I reckon it would be a big success, but anyway. We've By digressed. The way, yeah, the, the reason, obviously, I said about the extra day off was also because you could, you know that, isn't there that old phrase about um, just stopping and watching the grass grow? People just don't have enough time to just lounge about in the garden watching the birds and... Also, in this country, the weather's fucking shit, so that doesn't help. Okay, that, that, yeah, seasonal affected disorder and all that, but we're talking about when, when it's fairly pleasant weather. Anyway, the garden I'm talking about, I was thinking of uh, actually buying one of those sort of homemade hedgehog homes, try and encourage some uh, hedgehog families maybe to set up in the garden. Keep well, an eye well, on them. hedgehog. For ages, like Aww. no, she used to. Like, we have them now and again. Like, it's yeah, the same one used yeah. to come, keep coming to. But what I mean is, if I have a specific little shelter for it, you know, left some food, hopefully. Um, and then I was thinking of uh, getting one of those, you know, tiny pinhole cameras, just like pinning it in there, so I could keep an eye on. <laughs> Perf. Uh, yes, Mike. But uh, no, hedgehogs. Uh, <laughs> anywho. Sorry? Someone what? else you might want? No, no. Uh, right. yeah, I'm not going anywhere with that. So, yeah, gardens. So, 
Mike, do, do you think another problem as well uh, is a you know, problem with the population of this country? Mm-hmm. We're trying to cram more and more people into smaller spaces, and obviously developers are crooked bastards. And the one thing they will not do, particularly if you're talking about affordable housing, I get that cities are different, but if you're talking about affordable housing, there very rarely is a decent garden size at all. Very true, yeah. Which is pretty shit because it's been proven. You know, people need regular contact with nature. They need their own little plot. And you know, I've said this before. We we should be rioting at the amount of vast amounts of land in this country that are owned by a tiny amount of families. Uh, when people like me and you could slog away in a shit job for thirty five years to buy ourselves a tiny little plot of land that hardly even has a garden worth speaking of. True you know that. what I mean? True that. So, yeah, the, what we're saying is uh, gardens are important also, I think, for the emotional and mental well-being. I mean, look at... OK, look at mentally disabled people, and especially people who've been through trauma and need serious counselling, right? What, what's, a good, um, what's a good cathartic thing for them? Wandering around, you know, a particularly extravagant garden, like quiet garden with lots of foliage and yeah plant. and that is recommended there's a reason it is recommended there's a reason for that yeah like you say it's yeah, but yeah well uh, there you go if we're looking for extravagant gardens these days or well-kept gardens if we're staying away from the home counties and uh, Tory heartland we're looking mainly at public places aren't we public houses uh, <laughs> i'm, I'm looking mainly at public houses or for gardens no for beer oh pub, pub <laughs> gardens yeah yeah okay well, I mean, we've got residential gardens, obviously. Uh, they can be located on also roofs, atriums, balconies, window boxes, patios or vivariums. But then we've got, like we say, public spaces, uh, hanging baskets, but then we also have public parks, which are normally exceptionally well kept. Uh, it depends where you are. <laughs> okay. Yeah, depends on the area. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what kind of parks you're thinking of. Uh, so the, the kind of parks where rapists frequent kind of thing yeah you'll catch me there on Friday and Saturday night <laughs> oh that's tasteless that's so, what uh, she said uh, yeah um, Mike have you heard of the concept of community gardening I'm not just uh, I'm not talking about allotments it's slightly different from allotments we'll grow on then it, it's like a communal allotment it's not like one one or two people have a strip oh okay yeah it's a particular just... patch and everyone kind of contributes to the patch to grow different vegetables or fruit or whatever. Oh, the disputes and they all that could be They oh, could do. God. So you obviously have to get a very cooperative uh, kind of state of mind and, and people. Cooperative. Yes. Uh, garden sharing, that's another concept. It partners landowners with gardeners in need of land. And the food is usually divided between the two parties. Gardening's been fun, hasn't it, Mike? Oh, you're quite right. <laughs> so, Mr. Bliss, tell us. Grow on. If money were no object. <laughs> yes. Or space, for that matter. Yeah. What would your uh, ideal garden consist of? Oh, man. Well, I'm on record as saying that. Uh, you know, obviously I don't believe in uh, hoarding, you know, vast amounts of space to yourself, like a lot of people have the fortunate 
circumstances to do I think you know you have to realise there are billions of other people to share things with and if I had to live in a fairly small cottage say that'd be fine with me but the one thing I'd love loads of is garden space I saw a garden actually that would be quite similar to to parts of the features I'd have you know where it kind of it, it goes down a gentle slope and then there's like a small river running and you have like one of those bridges with yeah, loads yeah. of character like maybe plants growing on it and trolls underneath yeah troll exactly trolls and a billy billy goes going over and trolls underneath uh having um you know having a uh like an arch bridge with a roof over it as well you know yeah yeah um and i'd, I'd have to say you know I'd, I'd get lots of trees in particular formations you know a, a maze a maze obviously a hedge maze would have to be somewhere um I just like you know little areas idyllic areas where you could just wander off and it maybe take you 10 minutes to reach them and you're just like secluded away from people you're just surrounded by like trees or a small orchard or something where you can just kind of daydream and get away from people just kind of watch the bees and the birds and <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't oh, have yeah. said it like that oh <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah watch me do what just, oh shut up <laughs> what about you he grows he grows <laughs> Come on, what, what would what would Mike Large's ideal garden look like? What kind of things would be in it? It'd just be a theatre of dreams, wouldn't it? <laughs> what recreate Old Trafford? Recreate, right? Yeah. So it's what else? I don't understand what else. Would you, <laughs> would you have any water features at all? No, because just be Old Trafford, wouldn't it? All right. Uh, you gonna add anything else to this? No, this? just a no. Uh, no, in in, a, in all serialness though, I'd have a maze because yeah, you have it to, would don't you? it. It almost feels like it would be rude not to. If you've got the space for one, it's, like just it, do it. It's kind of, it's a little bit childish, but at the same time, it is an adult kind of thing as well. Yeah, absolutely, Having yeah. a quality maze. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck me. The, the main thing would be, though, obviously, you'd have to get the the people to entertain it, wouldn't you? Because you, the last thing that I'd want... I'd rather not have a really nice garden <laughs> with all the things I want if I knew it was going to go to shit. Oh, yeah. I, but what if you had all the time in the world... No, I still pay someone else. To do oh it. yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm not maintaining that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, I've got, got my own hedges. <laughs> <situation. laughs> um, Would you have lots of uh, hedge sculptures? You know, like try and get like um, sculptures of uh, sporting personalities or angels right, or gigs, dinosaurs. Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you could have hedges dotted around, looking like Manchester United legends. Georgie Best, Ryan Giggs, I would. Eric Cantona. Yeah, I yeah. would. Yeah, absolutely. That is, <laughs> that is what I would do. I'd, I'd, yeah, they'd but, be but, in each but, corner but, of like the maze and like everything. Uh, yeah, I was going to say in the maze. Have you ever been to those mazes where you wander around they're and amazing. sometimes they're, <laughs> very good. Sometimes they're they're just blank corridors, but sometimes you come to little openings and there's a statue or a bust of something. Yeah, yeah. But I'd, you could have that with uh, I, I do United Legends. <laughs> What about what about a hedge maze where Oh I'd have a I'd it's have like a, 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 a pond as well. A little river. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Like, you have to have a river because what do you dream by if you don't have a river? You yeah, you have yeah. a river because when the sun's shining you get down there, you whip out your picnic rug. Yeah. You uh you, you crack open the, the sh- I don't know, the Bollinger or whatever and you just sit dreaming watching the clouds go by. And um maybe I don't know watching the little lily pads and the frogs hopping around on the pond or the or the lake yeah 
Yeah, sounds good, doesn't it? Here we go. Right. Here we grow. Yeah. All you uh, late night largelets out there. Yeah. A little bit of homework. <laughs> homework. Create, draw, if you must. Yeah. Your own ideal garden. Yeah, why do you... Or get your kids to do it, or whatever. Bring out the capability brownie Take yourself. a picture, stick it on Facey B, tag us in it, post it on our wall, or whatever. We'd yeah. like to know what, you know... I know I'd really be interested What makes you grow? What, what makes your garden grow? And, uh, no, 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 yeah, but, uh, I mean, being a landscape architect, um, you know, it's a dream for many people, I'm sure, if they could be asked or could afford the training. But, I mean, he, let me give you some uh, examples, some inspiration, what you might have in your ideal garden, because we've got garden features and accessories, Wikipedia tells us. Uh, they uh, there might be a wide range of materials used like copper, stone, wood, bamboo, stainless steel, clay, stained glass, concrete or iron and examples of features that you might have amongst your dream garden we've got uh, trellis, arbors, statues, benches, water fountains, urns, bird baths and feeders uh, garden lighting like candle lanterns and oil lamps, maybe solar powered and obviously you, you'd... Uh, You'd have, you know, the shaped hedges maybe as well. Uh, and yeah, that that's that's pretty much what I've got for uh, inspiration. But why don't you throw something new in there? There's, n- you know, there's no reason why you have to just rip off what's gone before. Think the of original. Think of, uh, you know, what would you do if what would you do if you were like, you know, the family that owns Stowe Gardens, those hundreds of acres of just rolling fields and gorgeous. Um, sort of features in the Cotswold countryside build a load of houses on there sell them <laughs> rent them out yeah council estate you want to build I just I'd, sink estate I just whatever would make me more money oh i just do that so money, you have all money, the money, money and land in the world and I you just, just want, want to make money. more money right okay yeah I just want more money <laughs> makes a lot of sense makes the world go round really yeah money does yeah I thought it was like large well only because I allow money to yeah you allow money yeah. to yeah. So, so about the green is it or what about the Benjamins well all about the green well yeah. let's not oh. let's not bring that in <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else Mike you um, we need to discuss about about gardens they are apart from they are wonderful things and gardening is perhaps something that you take up when you no longer have the uh, responsibilities of your other crap jobs can you see yourself being a keen gardener when you retire I, I can I, I've got to be honest I do take the piss sometimes out of people who are obsessed with gardening because they tend to be very dull sort of retired middle class people but at the same time there is something wonderfully kind of cathartic about sculpting nature and having your own space that's wild but also tamed and shaped in your image so I, I think there's something to be said for it I could certainly subscribe to that I defi- I think I could be uh, you know in you know, whatever when I'm 140 or whatever it is, when I'm allowed to retire. I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, touche. I'll, uh, I, I could see myself getting into yeah. into gardening, but then it might be, you know, times might change. True. It might, well, it I, might be that I actually that's not what you do when you're retired anymore. You I personally think the next 30 years will be the biggest upheaval. I think that we could even see the breakdown of society the way things are going at the minute. I mean, there's Large for leader. environmental catastrophe is on its way, so you know, hopefully we can, you know, do something before it reaches a, the worst kind of tipping point. But no, you're right. Cultural changes. Will we even? Will any of us have gardens in thirty years? 
well, yeah, other than the super rich. You know, maybe that'd be a thing of the past. We won't even understand what gardening is, other than the people who choose to study gardening and then end up doing gardening for these very wealthy people. Yeah, no, you could be could be on saying that. Yeah, maybe maybe gardeners will be very rare in the future. Well, and, um, well, listen. And who will who will who will Claire find to sleep with? <laughs> <laughs> Names have been uh, not changed, but. We'll change it to say um, Elaine. Uh, we'll change the name to Elaine to protect the innocent. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. Just kidding, folks. But uh, it's been good discussing gardening tonight. Yeah. It's been it's been quite an interesting. Yeah. Topic. Oh, uh, we would seriously like to know how your gardens grow. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Come on, let us know. Get a bit more interaction. And uh, we're sorry that it's, it's slowed down a lot, the production of Late Night Larges recently. But we've unfortunately, we don't have time to uh, sit in our gardens and no, watch the I world go by. No, I wish we could watch uh, the grass grow and watch the clouds drift past, but uh, maybe that wonderful day will come sometime in the future. But until now, we're very busy with other less, more demanding tasks and less interesting tasks. Unfortunately so. Including this, of course, which we love. So we will grow you next time for another thrilling... Subject, no doubt. Okay, we will we will grow you next time, people. It's uh, good night from me. <laughs> uh, and it's good night from me.